Yes, guys, that's right. Welcome back to True Talk Chelsea. As usual, we have up with us Julia Palash, and now today we have two guests as well. Adele and Sanjay, welcome, guys. Um, so today we will rate each, play- each player from Chelsea out of 10 for their performances in the 2019 season. But first, let me start by saying that Kai Havertz was announced last night and he signed on a five-year contract for Chelsea. We're so glad that he has joined our team and are look, and looking to play, looking forward to seeing him play next season. So, once we're ready, we'll start with the player ratings. Okay, so first I've got Kepa and uh, I've rated him as a three point five out of ten. He was clearly the man who was undoubtedly had the worst season amongst the lads. I mean, the stats of him are. Already so famous over the social over social media, disappointingly on the negative negative side. Uh, Forty one games overall he had, but he had a domestic save percentage of fifty four point five percent, which is the worst amongst the top five leagues. This is uh, in a range of seventy five to eighty percent for keepers other uh, of other PL top six teams. He wasn't able to collect crosses or diving on free kicks and whatnot. He's just, he had a sort of poor season. I mean, he didn't impress. He's looking to be uh, gone next season. We might bring in Eduard Mendy. But uh, yeah, I've rated Kepa 3.5 out of 10. Uh, for me, Willie Caballero is 6 out of 10. For me, this season, he wasn't that bad, but he wasn't that good either. This season, he has played better than his average for him. And he helped us when, he, when we need him. He played 14 games, three clean sheets against Wolverhampton and Leicester City, who had good attacking lines this season, and against Forest. So for me, Caballero is 6 out of 10. Next up, we have right-back Rhys James, who has made 25 appearances in the Prem season, 6 in the UCL and other competitions, with a total of games played at 39. During this, he has scored two goals and provided four assists, with the most notable goal being the equaliser, I think it was, against Ajax in the UCL. In the Premier League, and despite playing only 63 minutes per game on average, James has recorded 109 crosses, 36 aerial battles won, and a 64% tackle success rate. Furthermore, in comparison to more experienced fullbacks like Alexander-Arnold and Wan-Bissaka, James has 7.51 total duels won per 90 minutes, 2.28 take-ons completed per 90 minutes, and 5.82 crosses, excluding corners, with only Trent averaging a higher cross rate at 7.52. James has been the best of both worlds for Chelsea this season, impressing both with his attack and defence. He has started the season at just 19 years old, and many Chelsea fans would already prefer him at right-back over Spliquetta, which really says a lot about his ability. He has, however, had a slight injury, and because of him not playing or starting as many matches as he could have done, we have decided to rate him 7.5 out of 10 for his performance this season. Next, talking about Daspilicueta, this was his first season as Chelsea captain. And in my opinion, he was the best defender out of all in a poor defensive performance. He showed great defensive as well as leadership abilities. He featured in 36 Premier League games and showed great versatility. He played 18 games at right-back, 10 games at centre-back, Sorry, 10 games at left-back, 4 games at centre-back, and 4 games at right-wing-back. So he's actually played in 4 different positions across the defence. He's got 21 blocks and 67 interceptions, which is more than 
Alexander Arnold, Van Bissaka, and Robertson. He's got 81 clearances, which is and more headed clearances than Ricardo Pereira, Matt Doherty, Alexander Arnold, and Robertson. You'd say he's a defensive fullback, but he also has two goals, six assists, and he showed in all he showed great leadership ability, quality defending, and decent going forward. And we would give him a eight out of ten. Next one is Mark Alonso. For me, he is six out of ten. He is one of the reasons we secured the Champions League place. He helped us in some very hard games like Newcastle scoring a goal and Spurs, and he played very good in the FA Cup semi-final. He played twenty-nine games, starting twenty-six and three from the bench. Uh, Nelson Palmieri, the guy who was supposed to be in the left back system, uh, left back of this system, he was given eighteen starts among the twenty-one games he's played. But just could not break into the team, and was not the guy that Frank preferred. Just a single assist over the season, bad defensive mentality, bad, uh, bad sportsmanship. Hence, I would rate him as five out of ten. So next up, we've got Rudiger. I actually expected him to be our best defender this season, but he was quite disappointing, really, especially against that game. Um, I think it was against Sheffield United where he came on and he just looked really poor all over the place, really. Uh, he's not got a lot of clean sheets. He's got one error leading to goal. He's got an own goal as well. He's got quite poor consistency, really, let's be honest. At the start of the season, I thought he was looking he was looking really top-notch, to be honest. But after that, it all went down here. And I think Zuma actually looked the better partner of the two to maybe partner uh, Thiago Silva, who we've also just signed. But, um, yeah, with all that being said, that's why I've decided to rate uh, Rudiger a 4.5. Next up is Zuma. Uh, Zuma is his, uh, he's uh, easily the best centre-back this year. He's huge uh, and dominating in defence. Even though he's not a leader at the back line, he still has a great potential to be the good leader who can lead the Chelsea back uh, Chelsea back line. Hopefully, from the experience that he gets from Thiago Silva next season, and he's played he's played uh, forty one games uh, and was only sub uh, for four matches, which shows his, how important he was for the team. He's a player uh, with a uh, huge size and great dominance in the air. Uh, he averages a three point five aerial duel success rate. He averages about uh, tackle. Every game, two interceptions per game, four clearances per game. Apart from the stats, he's a huge defender who dominates his position, uh, opposition. And uh, like all others, he has a problem with set pieces. I'm rating him 6.5. And next is Christensen. Christensen has, has played 21 games in the Premier League for Chelsea. He had a good start, but, but then was ruled out by some injury. Uh, he also played four matches in the Champions League this season. Now, uh, for starts, he's averaged 3.3 aerial load success, 1.4 interceptions per game, 2.7 clearances per game. But apart from the starts, in reality, he had his worst season as a player, always inconsistent. Uh, for example, in the Man City game, he was huge and he was there everywhere and he was a beast. But the next game after our, our team lost, all due to him. Uh, he's not good at tracking back, which is one of the most important attributes for a defender. Simply, uh, in simple words, he's not there uh, where when we need him. And uh, yeah, and just like all other de- uh, defenders, uh, he is not good at set piece defending. 
I'm giving him a rating of four. So next up, we've got Tomori. It was actually his first season at Chelsea uh, this season after having a very successful time on loan at uh, Derby, I think it was. Um, as well as that, he got goal of the season for Chelsea. He had a brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliant goal against Wolves. That was started the season well, but unfortunately, he did pick up an injury. He's made 29 tackles, 22 interceptions and 42 clearances in his uh, games at Chelsea. Looks pretty solid, very quick. I remember that one game against Liverpool where he literally pocketed Salah, played really, really well. But um, unfortunately, he hasn't been particularly favoured by Lampard, who's all, always really uh, chosen Zuma over him. And I hope he gets another chance to prove himself next season because he looks... Very, very good centre back. So that's why I'm rating him a six out of ten. Unlucky of all, Conte. He started the season with goals, netted thrice. That that two against top four, uh, top four teams, and then after that disappeared due to injuries. Classic Conte. His stamina is inexpressible. Work rate top notch. Max is another defender when he's there. He's always there when he's playing. Uh, now the stats. He's only played 28 matches due to the injuries he's faced, uh, uh, and he missed most of the season. He netted thrice and has uh, an average, but uh, ha- has averaged about one aerial duel success rate and 2.1 tackles per game, two interceptions per game, 1.3 clear clearance rate per game, and get only gets only dribble pass once in a game and has about 85% uh, pass success rate. I read Conte uh, seven uh, mainly due to him missing the season. We couldn't see more on him, more ab- about him. Otherwise, having him was such a great advantage because he's there everywhere. And that defense looks less terrible due to his amazing work rate uh, to win the ball back and due to his top-notch defensive work. Okay, um, so next up we've got Billy Gilmore. He was actually the Academy Player of the Year this year. Man of, ma- man of the match versus Liverpool and Everton. I remember them uh, watching those games. They're brilliant games, especially when we beat Everton 4-0. Uh, I remember as well, against Liverpool, that cheeky Fabinho nutmeg, he just shows a lot of clinical clinicalness there already, really, and shows that he's got a lot, a lot of potential. Looks, looked a bit shaky versus Watford and Leicester, though, I do have to say. They weren't the best performances, but um, uh, he didn't play too many matches. The matches he did play, he looked very, very good. He looked like the, the Scotsman can be of use, I reckon, next season in some maybe uh, less important games, maybe games where we're not playing Kante or Kovacic or anyone, or unless people get injured. But uh, that's why I've rated Billy Gilmore 6 out of 10. Next one is Jorginho. He's one of the best players at the start of the season. I remember his amazing performance in the Super Cup against Liverpool. But after lockdown, he wasn't that good, so he got benched by uh, Billy Gilmore. He's a good player, but he didn't fit in the system. He played 44 games, scored 8 goals and 2 assists. That's why I went to Giro 6,000. Next up, we've got Mateo Kovacic. It was his first season after his permanent deal from Real Madrid. As we all know, he was the Chelsea Player of the Year. I can actually say that he was one of the most improved players across Europe. When Kante was injured, he put in the work to fill his shoes. He looked, looked really agile and showed great dribbling abilities. Talking about his dribbling, 
He has the highest number of completed dribbles by any Premier League midfielder this season. In fact, he was the only midfielder to feature in the top 10 list of the most take-ons completed and also has the best dribble success rate for a midfielder, over 50 dribbles. He played in the UCL till the round of 16 and he had got 34 dribbles till that, which was the second highest in the competition, only behind Lionel Messi. He also has 10 accurate through balls, 63 tackles. He only scored two goals, but he's not exactly a goal-scoring midfielder, as we all know. And I would expect him to score more next season, though. But for all his performances and the work he has put up, he was the driving, driving force of the team. And that is why I would give him a 9 out of 10. Next, we have our number 8, Ross Barkley. And let's be honest, he did not have a good start to the season which brings down his average rating. He has made 31 total appearances this season, with an average of 54.8 minutes per game. He has registered five goals and five assists this season, with three goals and one assist in 65.2 minutes per game on average in the FA Cup. One of his most notable goals was a solo one goal from the back third in the fifth round FA Cup match against Liverpool. His consistency has been a problem though for him as a player. However, due to him making an impact in the season restart and really showing signs of improvement in his attitude and mentality, we have rated him a solid 6 out of 10 for his overall efforts this season. Following Barkley, we have Mason Mount. So, starting with his Prem stats, despite this being his debut Premier League season, he has racked up the third highest minutes, which is 2,867, missing just one match. This really highlights his incredible fitness, consistency and energy. With many first-team players being injured, Mason Mount stepped up and played wherever Lampard told him to, most noticeably at the wings. He's in top five for the club goals, seven, and top five in the league for goals scored by a midfielder. He's second for shots taken, 78, and shots on target, 29. He's, in, he's 10th in the league for shot-creating actions, 115, and 11 for goal-scoring actions, 16. His defensive work rate is also impressive with 734 pressures with Aspie being in second place. He has registered 8.5, 10.7 and 3.86 pressures in the attacking, middle and defensive third and 0.41, 0.66 and 0.49 tackles respectively. Overall this season he has played 53 games, the most out of any Chelsea player. He was the first academic... academic Academy graduate to make 50 senior team appearances, he has scored a total of 8 goals and provided 6 assists, has been nominated for Chelsea Player of the Year, Goal of the Season and PFA Men's Young Player of the Year. As a group, we have decided to rate him 8.5 out of 10 in line with a play, but for a season like this, it should be 9 out of 10 for me. Next one is Robin Loftus-Cheek, the Chelsea Golden Boy who turned from a year-long injury in June, which just meant he won't be any, in any direct plans for Frank. And this in spite of the hype he did not start from where he left. He played a total of nine games, in seven of which he started at the bench. Nothing much to say, I worked him. 4.5 out of 10. Starting with our wingers now, we have Callum Hudson-Odoi. Many would rate his season poorly, but here I will show you that he deserves a solid rating. Callum has a goal contribution every 146 minutes on average, which is more than more often than every two matches. He has five assists in the Premier League and is our third total assister overall. 
He was only 19 and actually started the season as an 18-year-old. Moreover, he has had four injuries this season, a tendon rupture between April and September 2019, then a seven-day knock in November, followed by a two-month hamstring injury between February and April, and an ankle injury in mid-June. He has also caught the coronavirus and made a full recovery. Even though, even for all that, he has made some decent stats anyway, like I have mentioned, and really tried to prove himself in the buying game, having an absolute screamer ruled out. In all comps, he has four goals and seven assists this season, playing an average of 46 minutes per game in 34 games. Therefore, we have decided to give him a rating of 6.5 out of 10. Next up is William. He was okay last season, nothing phenomenal, but had his best season statistically. 11 goals and 8 assists. Uh, but other than that, uh, he did do good uh, attacking-wise in, in a supporting way. But his goal scoring was mainly due to penalties. Uh, keeping that facts aside, he's our second most uh, scorer this season behind Tammy. His free kicks were good though. He had 1.9 shots per game, 2.2 ca- pass- key passes per game. 2.2 dribbles per game, gets fouled once every game, gets only dip- disposes once every game. I rate him 7. He's done some good assists, but his final finishing uh, was only coming from penalties uh, that, that was won by Pulisic and other players. Other than that, he's a he's a good player, and I was gutted to see him leave to Arsenal. Yeah. Next up, we've got Pedro. Um, nothing really much to say about him. It was his last season as a blue. And as we know, he got very limited play time. Two goals and three assists in all competitions. But that just came in 1,200 minutes. Had a man of the match performance versus Everton. Where he scored and assisted and did all kinds of good work. But nothing really much before and after that. He didn't have exactly a good season because of lack of game time or injury. But I would give him a 5 out of 10. Next one is Pulisic. He was a very good player this season, but the injuries doesn't make him play that much. He was a very good player and one of the few players who are good before and after lockdown. And he had very good moments this season, like the hat-trick against Burnley and the great performance against Liverpool and Ajax. He played 35 games this season, starting 28 and 7 from the bench, scoring 11 goals and 5 assists on his Premier League first team. That's why we rate Pulisic 8 out of 10. Okay, so uh, next up we got Tammy Abraham, our top scorer. Obviously, uh, came back this season after that loan spell against uh, Aston Villa. He's been quite badly criticised, actually, a lot of the time, considering he's our top scorer. A nice stat for you, actually, here is considering non penalties goals per minute, he actually beats Abamian, Anthony Martial, uh, Jamie Vardy who got the golden boot, and Rashford, who's got 0.61 non-penalty goals per 90, which is, honestly, you can't, you can't really fault the lad, especially for his first season when he's quite young still, relatively, as well. He's been slightly inconsistent. Most of the goals he scored really were at the start of the season, especially in the Premier League. But um, he has been playing, so you've got to cut, uh, cut him a little bit of slack, he has been playing quite a lot of the time with an injury. I think it was, uh, I think it was an ankle injury. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but um, he scored more goals in his first Premier League season than Rashford, Jesus, Aguero, and Martial. So, to be honest, you can't really fault him. 
That's why I've rated him an 8 out of 10. Very good for his first season. Next up, Olivier Giroud. Uh, he was one of the main men in the second half of the season, along with Christian Pulisic. The season for him actually began when we lost to United in the Premier League. Uh, Dami was injured and Batshuayi was underperforming. That's when Frank gave him a start versus his Spurs and he delivered by scoring a goal. Since then, Chelsea has scored 2.4 goals per game, which was uh, 1.8 earlier. So you can see the improvement when Giroud has started. He's got 8 goals in just 12 starts and 0.63 goals per game all competitions. With, and he reached double figures with 10 goals in all competitions. He also scored important goals. Like the one in the 1-0 win versus Norwich, 2-1 win versus Spurs, 3-2 win versus Palace and finally the 2-0 win versus Wolves on the last day. In all, we can say that he was he delivered when he was asked to and that's why we would give him a 8 on 10. Finally, we have striker Batshuayi who has not had his best season. However, some stats are surprising. He did not perform very well in the Prem with only one goal and one assist. However, overall, is our fifth top scorer and has eight goals and three assists in all comps, which is a goal involvement every 68 minutes. And that's more often than every single match. His former form was overshadowed by Giroud, who became Lampard's preferred striker, and he only has one goal in the UCL, which is not what you would like from you know, someone that comes off the bench that you need uh, goal-scoring opportunities and goals from in the final minutes of matches. We have decided to rate him a generous 6 out of 10 overall for his efforts. Now we would like to talk about the season overall. We would look at the uh, highs and lows both. So looking at the season overall, this was actually our first trophy-less season since the 15-16 season. But that's not all. We have exceeded all expectations from the beginning of the season when pundits, fans, all over social media predicted us to have a mid-table finish. Yeah. And we had numerous difficulties like the transfer ban. If we didn't have the ban, we would definitely sign a few more defenders or players in the key positions. We lost uh, our talisman, Eden Hazard, who had actually contributed to 49% of the goals last season. We had long-term injuries to key players like Loftus-Cheek and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Yet, in spite of all of this, we finished fourth and on the same points as third position Man United. We reached two, two finals and went to the round of 16 of the Champions League despite being in a tough group and were nominated by the uh, eliminated by the eventual champions. We were not only unlucky with injuries with uh, Tukante, who was one of the most experienced players uh, out of the youngsters. We also unlucky with the decisions of the referee, as in the Super Cup final, we could clearly see that Adrian was off his line when Tammy hit the ball. And in the FA Cup final, Anthony Taylor made two or three disastrous calls that cost us the cup. So if we actually see if those decisions had gone away, we would actually have two trophies to brag about in the end of the season. Uh, looking at the lows, we conceded 54 goals. And uh, that's a high number. We lost 11 games. We were very inconsistent. And we also went trophyless, as I said. 
but we can't really blame that with the amount of youth players that we had and there's also a stat that we made the record for the most academy debuts in a single season and uh, we gave high number of minutes to academy players in fact the first 12 i think goals of the season that we scored were all from academy players and we still made it to two finals uh, in we are having ucl football next season and that's why the overall season i would rate it at a 8 on 10 Also uh one more thing I would like to add on the seasons that with everything does come a silver lining obviously we got what we needed we did what we need got UCL football very good so at the end of the day we can't complain plus these signings coming in very very good uh structure I think that we have but anyway with that this concludes our podcast for today Uh let's aim for 50 likes on this one guys if you're watching on YouTube and everything. Uh I've been uh Oliver, we've also had Palash and Julia, our regular hosts. We also had the other two hosts who uh joined us, well, guests. That was Adele and Sanjay. Big thank you to them. They'll be on much more regularly. With all that being said, make sure to like, comment share and subscribe if you are on YouTube. Like I said, let's aim for 50 likes on this one. We've been True Talk Chelsea. See you later. Have a good one.